Hi, everybody. Welcome to this latest podcast episode. And I am very excited to welcome a very special guest, Tanya Willis, um, who has who's on a big mission and her mission is to help women to step into the body that they want to feel confident and sexy in control of their food choices and have their clothes fit just as they should while having the energy to live a vibrant life. I'm going to be talking to Tanya in this podcast episode and she's going to be sharing some of her tips, tools and strategies to help you on your journey. Um, And you can also find Tanya on vibrantlivingwithtanya.com. But I'll get Tanya to share her contact details, where best to find her. And I know she's got a really exciting um, ebook to share with you. I'll I'll ask her to do that. Hi, Tanya. You're so welcome to this uh, podcast episode. Thank you for having me. It's fun being here. So I like sharing my mission. (laughs) Yeah. Do do I have that right? Do you want to add more? Well, you know what? I, you know, I struggled with emotional eating for 30 plus decades of my life, thinking there was something wrong with me. And I was focused on my weight as, you know, many people I'm in my fifties. I was, you know, basically taught that our weight is our worth. And, um, So I always, you know, I went to school and we were taught calories in, calories out and, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And that never quite seemed to fix my emotional eating problem. And so I wrote a book called Cookie Dough in the Dark because there's a lot of shame and guilt and um, it's not about deprivation, restriction and willpower. It's about a journey to vibrant health. So I've really, you know, stepped out over the last 20 years to share with women that there's nothing wrong with them. There was nothing wrong with me and that we just need to learn some skills to really, you know, love the skin we're in. Oh my God. I love that so much. (laughs) I really love that so much. And I love weight that we were taught, you know, your weight is your worth. That's because it's just so awful. Um, And Mm. uh, so, so, so true. That's uh, really powerful to hear you say that um what without getting into the solution first what's going on where where has this all come from why are we so tied into our weight you know what i think it's just it's a billion billion dollar industry like it listen they feed this machine and um it's everywhere 30-day diets 60-day quick fixes um there's something wrong with you And, you know, not to be dismissed diet and exercise, like we are in a health epidemic right now. So, you know what, our eating habits and our movement habits, unfortunately, are uh, not great for a lot of people, right? So I think it's taking some personal responsibility of where we are, but also understanding a lot of it is not our fault. You know, a lot of money is spent in food manufacturing to make food addictive, Um, A lot of people, we haven't learned how to be mentally and emotionally resilient. I did not know those skills. I think we um, are always told to just seek pleasure all the time and forget that, you know what, we have feelings of anger and sadness and loneliness and frustration and stress and that uh, food is not an answer. Alcohol is not an answer. Drugs aren't an answer. And there's this self-discovery journey, which takes time. And mm-hmm. we live in a very, what's the word? We live in a very instant gratification. Quick, quick, quick. Now, now, now let's get it done. And, you know, for anybody who, you know, has gone down the path or pills or quick fixes, I did. And so I'm not judging anybody, but 
in my early 30s, I had kids and I could not function with eating the amount of food that I ate to cover up how I was feeling. And I was also starting to be aware of some of the symptoms that I had been having that I chose to ignore. So uh, there's a lot of things working against us in terms of, you know, our, our brain didn't get the memo. Uh, the brain is still living in the stone age time of seeking pleasure, seeking pleasure. And until you realize that that's how your brain is actually meant to function, seek pleasure, avoid pain. Uh, you don't know. You just think there's something wrong with you, which is what I thought for years. And now I understand that my brain is constantly seeking pleasure and avoiding pain. I can now start to reconcile some of those differences and do a deeper dive into some different areas. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Can I ask you, because I know it will help our, our listeners so much who are all women, all over 40. Tell me when you first thought you had a problem or it became a problem or what you do, what you were doing wasn't working anymore. And you, and you, and you, and you, and you decided to change. So I wrote a book called cookie dough in the dark, which really shows my journey and it's different for everybody. But, um, you know, my mother was very raised us like yogurt and, and nuts and raisins and all this kind of stuff. But eventually, you know, sh more sugar gets in your diet and even, if it's in the form of honey and more natural sugars. And for me, sugar was a huge like pinball light in my brain. So uh, as I'm sure it is for a lot of people, because, you know, I always say to people, I'm not addicted to carrots and broccoli. I'm addicted to, you know, homemade cookies and butter tarts and chocolate bars and stuff like that. So I just, um, you know, spent a lot of money on sweets growing up. They made me feel good, right? I didn't know about dopamine. I didn't know about all the things that we know about now. You know, I was growing up in the 70s and the 80s, right? And so I just was drawn to sugar. And then my parents separated and got divorced and it wasn't pretty. And I didn't know how to... Um, I didn't know how to work through those issues. And so I used food as comfort. And a lot of people use food as comfort. And sometimes I still will use it, but it's much, 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 much less than what I used to. So this is a very abbreviated version, but I would use, you know, food over the years, not really knowing and just to numb myself because I was afraid. I don't know if afraid is the right word, but I was unsure of these feelings. I was very sensitive. I didn't like being judged or criticized. I had a lot of self-loathing and I just kept this pattern up. And it was really in my thirties when I, after I had children that I, you know, I, I knew, I knew I had a problem Again, there's varying degrees of problems because my sister would say to me, because she didn't take the path I took, um, you know, for some reason, I was just triggered to go down this path, but I felt like I wasn't loved enough. I, and it's nothing to do with my parents. It's how I felt. I wasn't loved enough. I wasn't a much. I felt abandoned. And I had all these feelings and I didn't know how to articulate them. I didn't know how what to do with them. So I just suppressed them with eating because they were very uncomfortable and my sister would say things like, Tanya, you just ate almost an entire pie and a tub of ice cream. 
And, and I wasn't even aware of it because you just, for anybody who's really in the depth of eating it, you just, you numb out, you just yeah. keep going and then you have to eat more to feel better. And it's just this vicious, vicious cycle. Anyway, I had children and I, and anybody that knows, like when you eat a lot of sweets and sugary foods and simple carbohydrates, you get irritated really quickly <laughs> and you're very moody. And so I was, you know, I have these two beautiful children and I'm like, Tanya, what's the matter with you? Like, calm down, but you're on this sugar high and this roller coaster and it's like mentally it messes you up. And, and I think that's when I was like, okay, I got to do something like this is, this is not working anymore. And it was not overnight, everybody. It was not overnight. This is a process. This is a journey. But in that moment, of having kids and stepping to the plate of just being a better, well-balanced mother and not eat all their baked goods. Cause that would be like, I'd bake cookies and then they'd be like, mom, where are all the cookies? And I'd be like, Oh, I ate all of those. And then, so then I had to start admitting things. I was like, Oh my gosh, I actually ate all of them. And so it just started to unravel. And then I just, again, I just started to pick away at writing my book and I just, I changed my mindset. That was the biggest thing. I went from dieting and quick fixes and to really like, I got to deal with what's going on with me inside. And I just started to realize I did not have the skills to deal with my emotions. I didn't know how to balance my blood sugars. I didn't know all the things that would help me. I just was focused on there's something wrong with me and a diet will fix me. It's really so interesting to hear all that. And I'm so excited to ask you about simple tips um, that you can share or that are from your book um for our listeners like it's it's so exciting I love this space it's what I do in my coaching program like you can't fix your food problems issues relationship with food stuff like diet plans and meal plans which makes me so angry and I completely am on the same page with you when it comes to your feelings and your emotions and working on that side of things for your relationship with food to be fixed that way it's the only way um, it's yeah, it drives me absolutely crazy. People looking for diet plans. What do you eat in a day? What should I eat for this? Eat for this. And it's just like putting a, a bandaid on, on, on a deep wound and it doesn't work. Um, could you share a couple of tips? Uh, uh, imagine, you know, all, all these women listening now, um, such struggling, such with relationship with their food, uh, with weighing scales. Where do they start? How can they take inspiration? Well, the first thing I did was I became aware. I noticed, notice, 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 notice. And what happened was I had to slow down. So I had to have patience. I had to understand that I was on a journey, that there's no quick fixes. So the first thing I did was I would notice, oh my goodness, when I'm frustrated, I am reaching for cookies. When I am tired, I am trying to get quick energy from food. When I am um, feeling frustrated was a big one for me. Um, when I'm feeling uncomfortable, right? Food was um, the answer. And so I just started to notice and I just began, I call this technique PBA. So I began to pause because when you have an addiction, when you have these automatic habits, and most of us just are run on automatic habits, there's no pause. There's like frustration, eat tired eat there's no like oh what am I feeling exactly right now and so I just started to say 
I would be holding the cookies in my hand. I'd be like, Tanya, this is not going to fix it. What are you feeling? And that was hard. Because I'm like, what am I feeling? What am I feeling? And I just felt such a heaviness in my chest and my throat. And I'm like, okay, okay. And I'm, I'm like, I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling lonely. And I, I would just start to to talk to myself. And then I'd say, well, is this is this going to fix it? Is this actually going to fix it? And I would take a couple of deep breaths and I would just keep asking myself questions. And then this is the most empowering point is that then I could choose, do I want to eat the cookies? The cookies was a big one for me, knowing that they're not going to fix my problem or am I not going to eat them and I'll have them later. And notice how I said later and not ever, because that used to be where I'd be like, okay, if you just eat all 30 cookies now, then you can start fresh tomorrow. (laughs) But now it's like, okay, you can eat them later. And sometimes I would eat the, the cookies now or the chocolate, whatever it is. And I would eat it and I would learn to eat it without feeling guilt or shame. And I would really try to enjoy it. So that's a really interesting point before you move on, just in case I forget. That's a really brilliant point that you tell yourself later, because, Mm -hmm. yes, a lot of people would eat it straight away thinking I'll start after this is over. Wow. Such a simple yet profound thing. Yeah. My mantra is. My mantra is I can eat whatever I want, whenever I want. And when I started having that mantra, like probably 15 years ago, it completely changed the deprivation, willpower restriction, because a lot of the times I hear so many women say, I can't have, and I'm like, why can't you have it? You can have it. But we put these, I can't. And, and, you know, when somebody says, don't do that, you're more likely to go and do it. Because that's a lot of our human behavior. So even understanding these slight language changes has yeah. really helped me. So I'd be like, I can eat this now, knowing it's not going to help me. And that I'm using it as a Band-Aid because I'm in this really uncomfortable position. Or I can eat it later when I'm really craving it, you know, and, and it's more enjoyable, right? But yeah. But giving myself that choice. I sometimes would eat it because I, I I still was working through not being able to sit in this discomfort. So if if you can just do that one thing and there's no end date, it's not like by the end of the month, I'm going to fix this. This is, I, I call it in my, you know, I have a vibrant living membership and we do group coaching and it's, it's the same with you. We talk about practice. I said, just practice, practice. And if you're 1% better this week, that's amazing. You don't have to be 10% better. You're just on the curve to getting better. Because if I look at myself now and I look at myself 20 years ago, I am a completely different person. But it was the willingness to let go of getting to the top of the mountain quickly. And, you know, I'm in my 50s now. So I started this when I was in my 30s. And I'll have a lot of women, as I'm sure you as well, and they'll be like, it's too late. You know, I'm too old or whatever. I'm like, if you're 50 or 60 or even 70, you have like 40, 30, 10 years, whatever left of living. And they can be absolutely amazing, Mm. right? So just like I could live another, uh, you know, 40 some odd years now. Think of what I've done in a 40 year span. Like, why wouldn't I just start this adventure of healing myself 
and experimenting and practicing and having fun with it. So I think that's another tip of mine after noticing like awareness and noticing, pausing, breathing, asking yourself questions, being curious and kind to yourself, loving yourself is really embracing failure and journey and excitement and this discovery about yourself. Yeah. Mm. That's so interesting. Can can I bring you back to PBA? Is it practice breathing? It's pause. 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 And just, just break that initial reaction that's happening. So you pause and then you take a couple of breaths. That's the B breaths. Yeah. And then you ask yourself questions. Like you ask, yeah, what am I feeling right now? Is food going to fix this? Where can I feel this in my body? Like just what's going on? And, you know, I, I can actually tell you, like, I have certain emotions. I have social eating. I have, I'm triggered by environment. Like I can actually break down now all the reasons and feelings that can trigger me to overeat. What's your favorite thing about being free from this? Oh my gosh. Oh, I just, I, I, I don't know. I could just, the freedom that there's no weight, you know, when I, like in my book, I think I even say on the back, um, I can't read it right now, but that I, I just felt this weight come off of me. Like I, in my book, I do talk about the fact that I didn't lose weight, but I felt like I, I lost 10 pounds of mental weight because I, I allowed my brain and my consciousness to be curious and explore rather than being so constricted and restricted. And that just gave me a, a feeling of energy. And I mean, this is why I say everything in my life is vibrant and abundant. When we're living with restriction and deprivation, it's so closed and constricted. And just this feeling of vibrant and expansive. And it's just, yeah, it's like anything is in my, I, I don't limit myself anymore. Amazing. Very limiting. And they're very, they're, they're like you said, a meal plan tells you nothing. Mm. It, it's, it's, and, and I put a plea out to women this year to just let go of meal plans. You know what to eat. Mm. Listen, you may not know, you know, you and I both have a nutritional background or, you know, you may not know exactly all the nitty gritties, but you know, if you're sitting at the end of the day and you're drinking some wine or you're noshing on a bag of chips, like you have some feeling that this might not be in your best interest. Yeah. And so, you know, on some level that it's better, but you're, you're not. And listen, I didn't do it either. I knew, gosh, I've got so much training. And yet I was like, I'm going to have another handful of popcorn. I'm gonna yeah. You another- hit the nail on the head. It's crazy. I mean, the weight loss industry is so obsessed about and makes women us obsessed about the detail of what's in the back of the packet of that soup versus actually, if I didn't have that glass of wine and, and, and chips at nighttime, if I focused on not doing that, it would be 10 times better than focusing on the detail of healthy food. It's just right. so crazy. Like, oh, women can eat perfectly during the day, right? And then three, five o'clock hits or after dinner and just, and again, everybody's different. 
But oh my gosh, I used to end of the day, treat myself. I've had a hard day. The kids are in bed. I finally get to relax. And I'd either, I'd, I loved brown cows, a clue and milk or some Bailey's on ice. And then that would lead me to eating um, I, a bowl of ice cream. And then I'd be like, oh, that didn't really fit. Like, like I'm still, <laughs> I'm still something. Maybe I need some crunching. I need to have a cookie. So I'm going to have some, I'll have cookies and ice cream now. Oh, I'll have another drink. And that used to be what I would do. And then I would sit there after like a 2000 calorie explosion, blood sugar, you know, bonanza, and then wake up the next morning on, I'm never going to do that again. Uh, I'm finished doing that. And then repeat, repeat, repeat. Yeah. I'm laughing so much because it's exactly what I did for many, many years. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. Yeah. You know what I say to, to everybody? You don't have to change. You don't have to change. This is the other empowering piece. I think people have to understand change when you want to, not because anybody else says it, but for me, the health, I was, um, I had anxiety for years, bordering on depression. I had hives. I was, my feet were burning. My ears were burning. My elbows were burning. I was sweating after I would eat things because of the blood sugar rust. Like I was moody. I was irritable. Like there were, the pain became so painful that I'm like, okay, Tanya, you just, just pick one thing and start changing it. But I say to people all the time, you don't have to change, change when you are ready to change and understand the process of change as well. So, you know, I, I don't think people, I, I, I think you don't have to change, do it because you actually want to do something different. And at this point, like I was like, I want to do something different. I don't want to live the next 50 years of my life. And I know the complications of eating too much sugar, like cancer, love sugar, uh, diabetes, uh, dementia. And I'm like, Tanya, you have a choice. It's not about your weight. It's about your health. You can be skinny and still be, uh, have chronic disease. So smarten up. And I had to put my big girl pants on. I had to stop lying to myself. I'm telling you, I went through so many things because it's so easy to lie to yourself and say, it's yeah. not as bad as it is. We forget. So yeah. Yeah. And it's really horrible feeling out of control with your body. I know women go through so much with the menopause and perimenopause already. We, they are feeling not in control of their bodies. Um, so this, I feel like this chat with you is coming at such a lovely time. Um, because we've done, you know, a little bit around the menopause and, um, wow. Focusing on, on what you're talking about is a really great way of starting to get back in the driver's seat again of mind and body. Yes. And you know, the one thing too, I have a podcast called menopause made easy with Tanya because I'm going, I'm perimenopausal. I'm in my fifties and I, there's things I can control and there's things I cannot control. I cannot control my changing hormones. And now I understand that my estrogen is decreasing. Therefore my, um, resilience or how my body processes carbohydrates is decreasing. So I need to put my big girl pants on and realize I can't control my estrogen levels, but I can start to have some um, control on what I'm eating, right? But I've done a lot of work. And I understand, you know, that if I choose 
to eat copious amounts of simple carbohydrates, I am putting myself at a higher risk of diabetes. Like intellectually, I know this. Now I'm still human. And like I said, I have times where I, I put my blinders on and I'm like, I'm invincible. Nothing's ever going to happen to me. But I'm like, Tanya, this, these are the facts. Estrogen is decreasing your carb sensitivity, or I think it's, that's how you would say it is increasing. So when you're eating it, your body's not processing it the same way. So you need to make some changes. And again, I don't have to make the changes, but I want to make the changes. I really do because I don't want inflammation. I don't want to be sore and moody and, you know, be diabetic. Like those two questions for you. What's the name of your menopause podcast and what perimenopausal symptoms are you experiencing? If you don't mind me asking. Okay. Yes. My podcast is called menopause made easy with Tanya. Menopause made easy with Tanya. Great. On Spotify and um, Apple at the moment. And then, so I'm 53 and I would say that my perimenopause has been going on a very long time. Uh, like, like 10 years. I, and I, for most of those 10 years had no idea what was happening to me, to be quite honest. And it's only in the last oh, couple of years where I actually was like, Ooh, I think I should, I, th- I think I should start paying attention. I get my period every month, except for there was a little delay in October. Um, but I actually write down when I get it because I really want to be the person who's like, this was my menopause date. Like, you know, menopause is 12 months after the last day of your first period or whatever you say that. And that's the day of menopause and then you're postmenopausal. So I'm kind of like, I just want to do that because I think that would be neat to know. So, but some symptoms I had were definitely hot flashes and yeah. night sweats. Actually, Night sweats was the most, but it was really related to my eating. Like if I ate lots of sweets and drank, I mean, my sheets were wet. Uh, Like I had to get out and actually change them because I was like I had been in the shower. So I really managed that one with just decreasing the amount of food I was eating. And this ties into the five hacks to cut cravings freebie that um, you mentioned that I've that I have is just a simple tweak of, you know, uh, eating your carbs in a different order, being a little smarter, because I'm not of the mindset of never having anything again, it just doesn't work in my wheelhouse. But if that's your wheelhouse, that's fine. But um, yeah, so the night sweats, um, I would say a lot of emotional roller coaster, um, like moods, my moods were like crying, like this unfulfilled, like, I'm not happy. Like, like I, what, and, and I said to my husband, it's not because I'm not happy. I have great kids. You're great. I live a great life, but this, there's something in me. I'm just not happy. Like, so there was that feeling for a very long time, a very unsettled feeling. Um, definitely a little forgetfulness. That's very tough to, uh, I was only chatting to somebody today, um, you know, about, about anxiety being a big symptom. Oh. I mean, that's a very tough symptom, whatever we want to call it, to have, because it could lead somebody not knowing that that, that was a symptom to be really questioning themselves and really questioning their life. And that's a really horrible place to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, especially if you've if 
you know deep down you know you should be grateful you're happy I mean that that sounds very stressful yeah it was it was it's just this 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 deep law like I don't know anyway yeah that just anxiety but you know what I I have learned was I've lived most of my life in fight flight right so my nervous system was completely shot because I've been a personal trainer since I was 30 so you know I've worked out I, but it was always like hard workouts, like, Argh! and I trained people. So I was <laughs> always moving. And I, I became a Pilates instructor in 1997. And I can remember going, this is boring, like breathe fine. This is like, I don't even get this, you know? And I think I was 27 and, but I kept doing it. And now it like, it really filters into a lot of what I do, but I also roll rolling completely changed my life about 12 years ago. And I didn't realize that my nervous system was shot. And so, you know, we have this parasympathetic, sympathetic nervous system. And most of us are in this sympathetic nervous system. We're in this fight flight. And, you know, you can see I talk very fast. My life is very fast. Like I'm a go, 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 go. And I didn't value resting. And then when I finally got on this roller and I started to connect with my breath and then, you know, the Pilates and, and, you know, I infuse yoga into my stuff and, I have a much more balanced approach to exercise now, but when I got on this roller, my whole body just went and I was like, okay, I'm getting this. So then I started to do more research and understanding that my body was never really in a parasympathetic rest, digest and heal state. Um, and so that was a huge learning curve for me. And I have a program on the roller because for me, it was life-changing. And so I have something that I can share with people. But um, I mean, how many people know this? Yeah. I'm in this profession for 30 years and I I learn new things every single day. So that was an, a huge eye opener for me to bring calmness into my day. Oh, I love that so much. Um, tell, tell me, tell my listeners where they can find you tell us a bit about what you do the programs that you do the book that you mentioned all that sort of stuff okay well you know what I I, I wrote a book called cookie dough in the dark um, I only sell it on my website it used to be on Amazon but I took it off and so if you want a copy I have a digital and a hard copy vibrantlivingwithtanya.com and i have a free resource called, I have lots of them, but, um, you know, five hacks to cut cravings because I feel again, it doesn't have to be an overnight. You can actually start a process which will lead. It's just starting. And I keep it very simple because our brain likes simple and easy. And, um, where can I have people vibrant, find us? What's the URL? Vibrant living with Tanya.com. Um, so, okay. Yeah. If you just go to the top, you'll see freebies. You can see work with me. I have a vibrant living membership. I teach, my goodness, I, I personal train. I teach group classes on Zoom. I have a foam roller program. I have a freebie for foam rolling. Uh, I've been in this industry 30 years. So I literally, uh, I do a lot. <laughs> You're not allowed to leave until you tell me what's your favorite form of exercise. What do you love to do? And, when, and then oh second to that, what do you love to do with your clients? Okay. So, and just, on, I'll just say on Facebook and Instagram, I'm vibrant living with Tanya. 
So vibrant living with Tanya. Brilliant. Yeah. And I'm I'm on and off with my consistency there. But so <laughs> um oh yeah and then I also have my podcast which I'm really I love doing the podcast as I'm sure you do too yeah so yeah I love my it. favorite form of exercise is going to kind of be a cop-out but is really a balanced approach to exercise I really honestly in my heart believe that every woman should be lifting weights doing some sort of resistance training to uh you know for osteoporosis muscles yeah. independence strength Please. I honestly, everybody has to do it. It's yeah. just that that is a non-negotiable. I think walking in nature. Oh, I love that you just, you're straight out the batch is non-negotiable. I'm going to start saying non-negotiable. Yeah, non-negotiable. It's non-negotiable. Like it's just non-negotiable. Lift, yeah. weight. lift weights. I've been doing it 30 years. It has saved my life. I'm not kidding. Uh, so I do that with my clients, but walking in nature, I think it's really important to connect with nature. And if you can do it in bare feet, and ground yourself and get the, the vibrational energy from the earth. I think that's fantastic. Um, I love rebounding uh, on my little trampoline. And I'll do that with my clients. I love rolling. And in terms of cardio, I used to be a cardio person. But I have to tell you that if you lift weights, um, you it, that's my cardio. Like I can get my heart rate. Yeah. You know, I and I yeah. get some. 10 20 minutes it's not long you are um, a woman after my own heart I I, I I'm 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 there with you I completely agree with everything you've said and I absolutely 100 there's plenty of enough cardio gains in a really oh. good strength workout plus the fact that you're encouraging people to get out and, and walk and connect with nature there's plenty of cardio in that you don't even need to yeah. be thinking about it yeah. You know, the biggest thing I hear with women is like, they just need to add more cardio. I'm like, no, you just need to lift up. You just need to pick some weights up. Mm-hmm. And the, the resistance of doing that, I don't know if it's fear from bulky muscles or that they don't know what they're doing. Like I have a beginner's program on how to lift weights um, and I break it down. It, it is honestly the most transforming thing you can do. And yet so many people are like, no, but I just need to walk longer on my treadmill. I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know what? You can only decide when you're ready to make a change. So, um, but I'll just like, I'm, I just, yeah, non-negotiable weights, non-negotiable balanced. It's a, it's a balanced workout. You can do some of your cardio, but you got to get the weights and either yoga Pilates uh, roller, something in there to balance it all out. Tanya, it has been so, so wonderful to speak with you. Thank you so, so much for coming on my podcast episode. It's been such a, you've been such a wonderful guest. Um, Everybody, just to remind you, you can go to vibrantlivingwithtanya.com um, and get, uh, download her ebook, purchase her book or um, take a look at her memberships. Thank you so much, Tanya. You're welcome. Thank you for having me.